1: Now, it's no secret that I'm always hustling. I'm low rent, so I'm always doing what I can to make an extra buck. Well, two weeks ago, I invested in a friend who was starting a new business. It was a bakery, and because I know he's got skills, I went all in. But then over the weekend, there was this mishap with one of the ovens, and his bakery burned to the ground. So yeah, that investment is toast. Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that wanted nothing more when growing up than to bond with a wolf and ride it to school every day. I'm your host, my name is Steven, but for the duration of this episode, I give you permission to call me slick. Today on the show, I'm getting back to ElfQuest, and we're going to talk about issue number 10 from June of 1981. This issue was written by Richard and Wendy Peeney, with art by Wendy Peeney, and it's entitled The Forbidden Grove. So just to quickly catch you up, when last we were with our wolf rider friends, Cutter and Skywise had been hanging out with them humans, and they left the human village. They made some friends with some humans, which is very, well, it's very crazy for a wolf rider to do. And they are on their way to the Blue Mountain, where the so-called bird spirits live, or Who they think are going to be other elves, but they are making kind of a, not really a detour. They have to go past this place called the Valley of Endless Sleep. And the chief of the humans has asked them if they can to see what they can do about his daughter. His daughter had hooked up with some boy from the village that he didn't, that the chief didn't really care that much for. And, uh, they ran off together and they ran into the Valley of Endless Sleep. And when the chief and his hunters Tried to follow them in there. They were chased off by tiny winged spirits. And so he's asked Cutter and Skywise what, you know, they might be able to do for him. If they can, no, you know, he's telling them, you know, you owe me a favor. Just, you know, do what you can, whatever. There, there's no way for me to know if, if you do anything or not. In the meantime, Lita and Cutter's children, Ember and Suntop, they have left Sorrow's End with the Wolf Riders to come find. Cutter and Skywise to warn them about an evil that they need to be aware of. And when last we saw them, they seem to have all uh, been taken away by giant birds. And that's where we come in. Well, not with that. We actually come in outside of the Valley of Endless Sleep, a place of deep green silences. Cutter and Skywise are just hiding in some shrubbery and they're eyeballing the Valley of Endless Sleep. They decide to go on in because Cutter did promise the human chief that he would at least try. And they come across this grove that seems to be even darker than the rest of the valley. There's just this area that they're almost, they're very apprehensive about going into. And they refer to it as the Forbidden Grove. That's what the, the chief the human chief told them, Olbar was his name. He claimed as his daughter and the, the dude that she was with went in and they have never come out. So they enter and they just see just these, they refer to them as, as spider webs all over everything, just these sticky webs all over everything. It looks like they are, there are various things that have been wrapped up in these, uh, well, Cutter calls them spider's nests and he opens one of them up and a freaking live bird flies out. And so they deduce that whoever made these cocoons, they are obviously meat eaters and they have created these cocoons. Um They still think they're spiders, meat eating spiders that trap their prey in these cocoons to keep the blood fresh. Well, he wants to do some more exploring to see what he can find, but Skywise is, is incredibly tired. He, he hurt his arm when they were trying to leave the, the human village. Uh, you, you'll have to go back and listen to the previous episode to learn how that all happened. But he decides to just sit down and chill for a bit while Cutter goes off and does a little bit more exploring. Skywise then falls asleep, and we see, just for a panel, off in, well, the distance, not too far, but he's being watched by what look like little winged fairies basically with like flowers and whatnot for hats. Well, we go back to Cutter and he's found a, a larger cocoon, a big bundle that's probably the size of a of, of a football basically, and he opens it up and there's a little wolf cub in it. And right he's very surprised and he's kind of happy to see this wolf cub because of course Night Runner, his wolf that he has bonded with has gone off to grow old and die basically well he picks the wolf up the little wolf cub and sees immediately that it's very well fed and he mentions that the wolf's the wolf cubs pack couldn't have abandoned it not that long ago you know because that's it's fat it's 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 a well-fed cub and as he's holding this cub, which is very friendly, he nuzzles with it and immediately he realizes he picks up the scent of his daughter on this wolf cub. And so he goes running back to Skywise because he wants to make sure that he's correct. You know, it's like, I, I smell my daughter on this. These, you got to understand that the, the wolf riders, um, I honestly can't remember. I've read this so many times now. I can't remember if they've gone into this yet. Uh, if they haven't, they will soon but the original wolf rider was one of the high ones she was able to use magic to transform herself into a wolf and she started running with a wolf pack and she mated with a wolf and then her uh cub was like half elf half wolf and so the blood of wolves are in this tribe they're they 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 have a bit of wolf inside them and so his scent is like that of a wolf's scent he can he or his senses his smell his sense of smell and he smells his daughter on this wolf, and he he just thinks that's too crazy to believe. He's got to go find Skywise so he can get confirmation. Well, we get back to Skywise, who's still asleep, and these little fairies, these little, I mean, that's really the only way you can describe them. Uh, think of like Tinkerbell, basically. They are spitting this webbing cocoon on Skywise. So these are the creatures that have been encasing animals in these cocoons and they refer to skywise they talk really weird they refer to skywise as a still quiet high thing and they have to put the wrap stuff on it um one of them doesn't want to because it sees that his arm is hurt and one of them is saying we basically we can't do this while it's hurt it has to get better before we can put it in the wrap stuff well one of the one of these little fairies its name is petalwing and petalwing basically is the leader. And Petalwing says, nope, we're doing it. And they're all like, fine, we'll do it. Well, Cutter shows up and just starts slashing at them with his sword. You know, what are you doing? And he he assumes now at this point that these are, he can see that they're wrapping him up in this cocoon and he assumes they're doing it so they can eat him later. They fight back. Cutter grabs Petalwing and he threatens to crush this It. That's what I'm going to call it. They, it's just a tiny little creature that fits in his hand. They don't, they don't seem to have genders. So I'm just going to call it an it. Um, he threatens to crush it in his hand if they don't do what he says. Petalwing says, try it. You're not going to be able to crush me. And he tries. And this creature is very strong as far as, uh, not being able to be crushed. So then he tries another tactic and he grabs Petalwing by its wings, says that he'll pull its wings off if, you don't all leave and leave my friend alone. And Petal Wing says, fine, everybody leave. Please don't pull my wings off. And they all fly away. And so while Cutter is still holding Petal Wing, he shows Skywise, who has freed himself. I mean, really, it was just his feet and his legs that were covered. Show Skywise, the wolf cub. And he says, just take a whiff of his fur and tell me if I'm crazy. And Skywise sniffs it. And right away, he says, that's Ember. I smell ember scent on this wolf cub. And he's like, it's true. I was right. And so he starts grilling Petalwing. Where did this cub from, come from? You know, when did you wrap it up? And, and it tells him, uh, again, they talk really weird. It says, no tricks, no tricks. Fur, soft, yap thing. Come two darks ago. Come with other high things. too little, one big and Cutter is immediately, you know, he hears something like that. Two small ones, a big one, that Lita, his cubs. He says, where are they? And Petalwing spits webbing in his face and flies away. So Cutter goes chasing Petalwing off and deeper into the forest. And he can't find Petalwing. And he decides to try a different tact. And he stands and sends. If you remember, the elves can communicate to each other telepathically. They call it sending Um, Lita and her group, she comes from a different tribe. These sun dwellers that, that lived out in the desert. They are, they don't send. Um, so they've kind of lost the knowledge of it, but as the wolf riders have been around, they've started to relearn it. So he's, he's sending off into the forest and he finally gets kind of a faint response and he goes chasing after it and he finds a large cocoon at the base of a tree and it looks like three bundles bundled up together and he starts very delicately cutting into the, into the cocoon. Petalwing wing comes flying up and says, no, don't cut the wrap stuff. Calls it any, and, and it calls him a, a bad high thing. And he ends up cutting just enough of it open to see that it is Lita and his, his two children, Ember and Suntop. So they have a, a reunion. She immediately, as they, as they are freed and she wakes up, she wraps her arms around him and she calls him by the name of Tam. That is his soul name. Now, again, the, the sun folk, because they don't send, because they don't really practice what is called recognition, which is a deep seated, like, uh, almost physical, uh, and, and mental psychological desire within elves to procreate and it, uh, when one meets another soulmate that are destined to procreate. They, they really have no choice. It's called recognition. And she learns his soul name, Tam, through this recognition. Well, the sun folk don't have soul names. They, that's, that's their name, but the wolf riders do. They have their, their public name, Cutter is Cutter, but he has this soul name. And apparently, unless you are incredibly close to one of these elves, you're not supposed to know what their soul name is. And so she says it out loud and she realizes that Skywise is there, and she's she's very she's very upset with herself for just blurting out Cutter's soul name in front of Skywise. But Cutter tells him, Don't worry about it. He knows my soul name, he's always known. And because they're they're the best buds. They're they're you know, they're basically brothers. She says she refers to it as brothers in all but blood. They're they are so close that they know each other's soul name. So he wants to know why, of course, they cutter and Skywise want to know why they're there. When they left Sorrow's End out in the desert, Lita and her and his and, and their kids were, were back there. He left them there. He was gonna be gone for a couple of years and then he was gonna come back. And so they have this moment where they all kind of join hands or wrap their arms around each other and they're in a circle and they bow their heads and they do this like a collective sending so they can each see what they've all experienced. And Cutter and Skywise see that they the strongbow, one of the wolf riders, shot down this giant bird. They describe it as a bird with a wingspan as wide as six wolves set nose to tail. And they were really excited about shooting down this bird because they're going to get this meat. Well, as they're eating and feasting on this meat, more of these giant birds arrive, seven of them. They dive and they just start picking people up. And they don't really say it. But we can see that there are people on the backs of these birds riding them. Well, as these birds are attacking and carrying people away, Suntop runs away and they make a point to tell you that it's not because he's a coward. He is, he has to find his dad and tell his dad, uh, the, the, the warning. He has to warn him about the evil that he's going to be encountering. He is a, they're all to a certain extent. They all have a bit of magic in them. Um, but Suntop has kind of a, uh, psychic magic within him. And there is an elf at the Sorrow's End at the village in the desert named Sava, who is the oldest elf any of them, any of the wolf riders have ever encountered. As, as elves grow older, they grow taller. And so she's like as tall as a human, whereas the rest of the elves are tall, like, or, or about as tall as children. And so Sava, one day she'd gone out, um, in her astral form, basically. And she is was looking out over Cutter and Skywise and kind of scouting ahead to see what they might encounter. And she encounters this evil, and the evil fights back at her, and she ends up being trapped in her own head. And Suntop is able to use his magic to get into her head and find out uh, this message of of warning that he has to give to his dad. And so as these giant eagles start attacking everybody, He jumps up onto one of these zwoots, which is like a camel horse. This thing has a a pair of baskets hanging off of each of its sides, and he jumps into one basket. Ember follows, jumps into the basket with him. Lita chases after them. One of these birds swoops down to grab her, and she hides underneath the zwoot, and the zwoot runs away. And she grabs onto the harness, and she is dragged along with it. And basically, it just... It, it pulls her and her children into safe, you know, to safety and it runs for a long time. They're very, um, they're very strong and they have a lot of stamina and they can run for a long time. And it, and it runs with her until it finds these woods. And then the Lita and her kids, they go off into the Forbidden Grove. They fall asleep. Chop Licker, that's the name of the, of the little wolf cub wanders off. And while they're asleep, that's when the, These little web spinners, these little fairy things come and and cocoon them up. So Suntop tells Cutter that he has a warning for him from Sava, and he doesn't quite know how to tell him. He doesn't quite understand what it is, what, what the message is. He just knows it's in his head, and he doesn't understand. He doesn't quite know. He's not, he's a little kid. He doesn't have that magical ability yet or the understanding or enough understanding of his magical ability to interpret what is in his head. So the two of them go off together to have some privacy and basically just try to work out what's in his head. While they're doing that, Lita, who is a healer, that's her magical ability, she heals Skywise's arm, and he's so ecstatic that his arm works again that he starts swinging around in the trees. And then Cutter comes back, and he explains that, really, Suntop wasn't able to tell him much, uh, just was able to provide to him in his head, some pictures and feelings about the blue mountain that they're headed toward and how there is a great evil there and that they should be avoiding it. But he doesn't really want to, he, he's like, but we, that's, that's not what the focus is right now. We need to find out what happened to the rest of the wolf riders. Well, they start to leave and pedal wing doesn't want them to go away or, um, doesn't want to be apart from them. Pedal wing says to the effect that pedal wing remembers Belonging time, whatever that means. I know what it means. I've read all this before, but as a, as a first time reader, we don't know exactly what that means. Petalwing flies and in basically into Lita's hair. Cutter tries to get rid of it, throws, <laughs> throws Petalwing away, but Petalwing follows them as they leave or as they make their way through the Forbidden Grove. Eventually they bunk down for the night and Lita and Cutter go off by themselves while skywise Cuts into a cocoon to let out an animal that they can then kill and eat. And, uh, Ember wants to know where mother and father are going. And Skywise is like, don't worry about it. They, uh, they need to be by themselves for a while. And they go off into the forest and there's a lot of fireflies around. It's very beautiful. And then, well, they, they have some, uh, they have some alone time. They do some stuff that husbands and wives do at night in a forest surrounded by fireflies. And when they wake up later, their feet are covered in wings, cocoon webbing stuff. They get dressed, or at least they put enough clothes on that they are not entirely naked. Petalwing jumps back into Lita's hair, explains to them, or tries to, because Lita wants to know why these tiny creatures spin their webs. It seems to be for no reason. And Petalwing says, Petalwing got reason. Wrap stuff keeps soft, pretty high things safe and sound. Petalwing, go with. Take good care of high things. All of this is a clue to uh, what Petal Wing is, and we will learn that later. Not in this issue, however. So eventually they come across the biggest cocoon that they have seen so far, and Cutter figures out, just based on the size and the shape, that this must be Olbar's daughter and the boy, or the young man that she ran off with. He cuts them free, and then he, he tells Lita to hide. He cuts them free. He jumps behind a bush with Lita, and they watch in in hidden silence as the two humans wake up, she is quite fascinated by them because she's always believed that humans were monsters. And he tells her that he always has as well. He has since learned a little differently. The tribe that he grew up with that lived near him and the wolf riders were enemies of his, but then he has met other humans that consider his kind to be basically like gods. Well, as they're watching the two humans, a howling erupts in the in the forest, in the Forbidden Grove. Cutter and Lita recognize it right away. So does Skywise. They know who it is and they all howl back. So there's all this wolf howling going on around these humans. The humans start to run away and they run straight into basically a little clearing where from three different directions, elves are coming at them. You've got Skywise and the two kids because, because they're all converging together. They're howling and they're, they're all converging together and, uh, You got Cutter with Lita. You got Skywise with the two kids. And then from another direction comes Red Lance and Nightfall. And they have all the wolves with them. Nightfall jumps out of a bush with a bow and arrow. Cutter jumps out and says, no, don't shoot. Let him go. And the two humans run off. Well, then they all have a little reunion. They're all very happy to see each other. And then Red Lance and Nightfall have a little bit more to tell about what happened to the elves. And it's here when they are telling the story. That we see that there are people riding these giant birds. They explain that when one of the birds grabbed Strongbow, Strongbow was the first one that they grabbed. Moonshade, who's Strongbow's wife, she just stood there and let herself be taken. Red Lance and Nightfall jumped into the water, which wasn't very deep, but they were able to hide underwater. Um, almost got trampled by Lita's Zwoot as it ran by. And when they came out of the water, all of the wolf riders were gone. Most of the wolves were still there. So they took the wolves with them and they followed in the direction of Lita woot, basically. They also know the direction in which the birds went. And Cutter deduces that they have gone to the Blue Mountain and that they have taken the wolf riders with them. And despite the warning not to go to the Blue Mountain, he realizes that they have to at this point. Because regardless of what dangers might be there... Because Suntop tells him, no, you can't go to the Blue Mountain. I just told you. I gave you the warning. What are you, some kind of freaking idiot? You can't go there. It's evil. And Cutter tells him, "What? it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how dangerous it might be because the tribe needs help. And that's all that matters. And that's the tribe. We then get one page where we enter the Blue Mountain. Strongbow is in some kind of prison cell. Outside the prison cell are two shadowy figures. One of them appears to be torturing him. Telepathically. At the same time, they are the these two shadowy figures are speaking to each other telepathically by sending. One says, Has he cried out yet? Winnow will? And she says, Not yet. He plays the game well, but I shall win. I always do. And Strongbow appears to be in a lot of agony. And that's where the issue ends. So again, this is about the the, the place where where I first started reading these books. I think we are officially in the second of the the four collections because the the original quest that's what we're in the middle of right now was 20 issues and this is issue twin this is issue 10. I almost said twin but I meant to say 10. So we no- we are now officially halfway through with the original quest and they collected all 20 of these issues in four collections. And so I feel like it was the third collection that I started reading because this would be the end of the second collection because if it collects, if there are four collections that collect 20 issues, each, each collection would be five issues long. Um, and I know that when I first started reading, we were in Blue Mountain. We, I, I, we knew who these bad guys were and who Winnow Will is and, and all that. So I'm feeling like when I start reading issue number 11, it's really all going to start flooding back to me. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of nostalgic memories coming back with reading this because even though the first book I read, the first elf quest I ever read was either the second or the third collection. And I feel like it was the third. They were all kind of color coded. The first one had an orange, uh, hued cover. It's, you know, the backgrounds and whatnot were orange. The, 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 the second one was green. The third one was blue and the fourth one was white and it was the blue one that I feel like we got first, and that should be the third one. So yeah, as much as, because I've read all these over and over and over again. I've mentioned that before, but it was that one collection, and I believe it's the third, that I have read more than any other, because we owned it first, and we had it for a while before we would go into, there was a bookstore in Lawrence, Kansas, downtown on Massachusetts Street, called The Town Crier, and... We didn't go often as a family cuz I was young enough at this point that I I wasn't driving I was a kid but if ever we went downtown we would always insist uh to let our parents allow us to go into the town crier because all, my whole family you know all all three of us me and my two brothers we were all big fans of books and they also had role playing games and junk like that there and and every time I would go in, I would see, because I feel like we got that third collection at the town crier and we'd go and I would see if, if we got, if they had any others and then they had the fourth one and then we were able to get the first and second. And like I said, I read the crap out of these things, but, uh, the more I read, the more nostalgic memory feelings, you know, tickle my brains. And as we get done with this original quest, we're going to start getting into stuff that while I have read, I haven't read it. More than maybe once or twice. But right now we are hip deep in the elf quest I grew up in. And it's so much fun. It's such a good book. And even though they had a a scene where Cutter and and uh, Lita get intimate, it's not gratuitous. There's no nudity. There's You know, you wouldn't even necessarily 100% know what they were doing, maybe. I mean, you probably would. I knew what they were doing, even as a kid. and uh, But it's not... It's not in your face. Um, this is just some good comics. And I know that it inspired a lot of people, especially a lot of female creators, because ultimately, I mean, Richard Peeney is listed as a, as a co-writer. He helped with the plots, but I, I feel like most of this was all windy and I know it, it, it really inspired a lot of female creators. And I never really thought about it much as a kid that I was reading a book that was primarily done by a woman. I mean, I knew I, I knew it had their names on it, but I, I didn't really care. I guess I just knew it was freaking awesome. And that there were elves that rode wolves and had swords and crap. And now we've gotten to a point where we've, we've encountered a new creature. These little, these little fairies that, that spit webbing. We don't know where they have come from, but there's hints that they tie into the elves. Somehow they, they, know the elves as high things. And we know that the elves refer to their ancient, uh, you know, the, the original elves that, that landed on the world of two moons as the high ones. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see where that's going. I'm sure they'll explain it all by the end of the original quest, but we're about to enter the fricking blue mountain folks. And we're about to see some, some elves that we haven't seen before. And, uh, Yeah. It gets bigger and better from here on out. It gets more epic. The world opens up even more. I'm just so glad I'm reading this again. And I hope y'all are reading along with me. Again, you can go to ElfQuest.com and read all this stuff for free. The original quest is there for free and it's in color. I'm reading these uh through the trade paperbacks that Dark Horse put out. It's like the the complete elfquest co- collection and they're all done in the original black and white. But you can read them for free on elfquest.com and they are free. Again, free, full color. If you're reading along with me and you're enjoying these books, you know, let me know. Feedback at else.com Catch me up on Twitter, or Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. Join the Or Else Facebook group and join in on the discussion there. But I want to know what you think. Did you grow up with ElfQuest like I did? Did you have the role-playing game? Did you have the lead figures? I've got some right now over on a shelf that I painted myself. I can't find them all. I had like Mad Coil, and I had a bunch of them, and I can't find them anymore, and it makes me really sad. But uh, yeah, who knows when we're going to get to issue number 11 since we're going to be going to once a week here pretty soon. But until then, folks, this is my episode. I'm Steven. And I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. That's all I ask. Be nice to each other.
0: Daddy. Good job. <gasps>